All right, Rabbi, we'll say good morning. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking Baruch Hashem, all of our sponsors, to thank all of our Talmud Torah sponsors, Jerry and Abby, Apple, Jerry and Abby Applebaum, for dedicating the shiurim in memory of Basia Bas Chaim and David Ben Avram. Doctors Paul and Linda Weinberg for dedicating the shiurim and drushos this month in memory of Mordechai Yoshua, Ben Peretz, Moshe, Valea, Miriam, Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating the shiurim and the schus of Shalema for Kathy's sister, Donna Baker Matson, Stephen Terizin for dedicating the shiurim this month in honor of their grandson, Bunim Tzvi Hirsch, Naftali Tilson for dedicating the shiurim with gratitude to his chaver. Benjamin Wall, and with wishes for a chakasher v'sameach to the entire shir, Avram and Shandy Kelman for dedicating shiurim this month, the creation of the art site of Avram's mother, Sarah Bryna Bas Yehoshua Herschel. And to thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Dr. Mark and Elsa Lustman, in observance of the 26th yard site of Dr. Lustman's father, Jacob Lustman, Zichron Levracha, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And I will say with that, let us, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. A lot to do, Baruch Hashem. So we'll say today's daf is Lamed Beis 32. And we are picking up Emirates Hashem at Lamed Aleph, Lamed Beis 31b at the Mishnah. And the Mishnah says as follows. Gimel Achin Nisun Gimel Nochrios. Prosubad Mishnah 31b. Three brothers marry three sisters. Now, again, this is a nice case. Why? No one's related. I mean, the brothers are related, but the wives, the women they marry, are not, right? Three not three unrelated women. Three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, marry three unrelated women. Umes Echad Mehem, one of the brothers dies. Okay, so we'll say the truth is, what's the good news? I mean, not good news, but you understand. What's the good news, so to speak, from a Yibam perspective in this case? One brother dies, therefore what? Regus, straightforward Yibum, right? We've actually never had a case like this, right? Where again, there's, there's no complication, there's no wrinkle, there's nothing, just we'll call them Ruvain dies, Ruvain dies. So again, the halacha is Shimon or Levi will go ahead and do Yibum. Okay, well, of course, we're going to make it complicated. So what happens? Shimon does Ma'amar with Ruvain's widow. So let's say again, we'll call it Ruvain, Shimon, Levi. Ruvain's married to Rachel, Shimon's married to Leah, and Levi's married to Bilal. Keep it simple like that. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies. His widow Rachel now falls to Yibum. So what happens? So Shimon does Ma'amar with Rachel. Does Ma'amar with Rachel. Okay. Umais. Now here's what's interesting. Now Shimon dies. Shimon dies after Ma'amar, but what? But before he has the ability to do Yibum. So I'm going to say at this point in time now, there are two women falling to Levi. Two women falling to Levi. There's Rachel, who was Ruvain's widow, with whom Shimon did Ma'amar. And there's Leah, who's Shimon's wife. They're both falling to Levi. What's that? Incredible. Mishnah says, Levi, you must do Chalitza with both of them and no Yibum. What happened over here? Shene'emar umeis echad mehem. Yavama Yavo Aleha. Shavosek as the Pasik says, and a brother will die. A brother will die, right? If a brother dies, Mes Echanem, one brother dies, the Yavam Shadu Yibum. So listen to what the Gemara Mishnah Darshan. Sha'aleha Zekas Yavam Echad Velosh Sha'aleha Zekas Bez Yavmin. Shavosek, what's the Drasha? The only time Yibum is permitted is ultimately, again, when there is one zika upon the woman, upon the widow. 
But if the widow has two zikos, because it's meis echad mehem, when there's one zika on a woman, that's when she can do yibum. But if there are two zikos, she can't do yibum. So I'll say, what, what does this mean in application to this case? Who we focused on over here? We focused on Rachel. Because on a certain perspective, Rachel almost has like a quasi-double yibum obligation. Or I should say, that yibum is subject to yibum twice. How so? Remember, Rachel's first yibum obligation comes from where? From where? Ruvain, her husband who passed away. But after Ruvain passed away, Shimon did ma'amar with her. Ma'amar, what does ma'amar do? What does ma'amar do? Right? Not much. Not much. But it, it binds them together in some way. Now, when Shimon dies, almost on a certain level, Rachel is viewed as how? As how? As a widow of Shimon as well. Which means Rachel now is in the Yibum pool with a double Zika. A Zika from her first husband, Ruvain, and a quasi-Zika from Shimon. We look at that as a double Zika. The Gemara Mishnah teaches us, if a woman has a double Zika, she's not allowed to do Yibum. Because the way that the Torah frames the Yibum obligation is, umes echad, umes echad. If you have a single Zika, you could do Yibum. But if you have a double Zika, we don't have you do Yibum. Therefore, again, in this case, in this case, halacha lemaisa, both women. Now, why, why, why this impact Leah, we'll have to see in the Mishnah. But both women, Levi will do Chalisa with both women. Pretty, pretty incredible case. But let's say, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Zeka Shnei Yakmin. Because remember, again, as long as Shimon did not do Yibam with Rachel, so there is still the Zika from Ruvain, from her first husband. And then ultimately, she has additional Zika of the, of the Ma'amar with Shimon. Ultimately, again, what happens? So when, when Shimon dies, so Rachel has this double Zika upon her. Okay, fine. So let's go back to the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. Rabbi Shimon says, not true. Not true. He can go ahead and do Yibum with either one of them. With either one of them. But ultimately, and ultimately does, does Chalitza with the other. With the other, so the Gemara says. So we'll say we'll see why we'll see why according to Rishim, you just can't do Yibam with both. We'll discuss that. So we'll say let's analyze. Says the Gemara. So we'll say what's going on over here? Says the Gemara. Let, let's leaving aside the position of Rabbi Shimon. Let's focus on the first position in the Mishnah. Right. So now, what are we saying? That when Shimon dies, when Shimon dies, and both of these women. Now there are two women who fall before Levi. There's Shimon's widow. Leah, but then there's Rachel, right? Rachel is the widow of Ruvain. Shimon did ma'amar with her. So now what the Mishnah says is that Rachel has a double zika, right? She has like two yibum connections, one from her husband Ruvain, the second one from the ma'amar of Shimon. And when you have a double zika, you are precluded from doing yibum. You're precluded from doing yibum. And therefore, again, I will say, what sounds like what's happening over and somehow because she's precluded from doing yibum, therefore what? Leah is as well. Says to Gemara, look, okay, I never heard this before, but Lamaisa, if this is true, and it's literally, again, a psul da'oraisa, you can't do yibo mid if you have a double zika, so then what? Why do you need chalitza? 
In other words, if she's, disqual- if, she, if she's disqualified biblically from doing Yibam because of a double Zika, so then halacha she should also be exempt from Chalitza, to which the Gemara says, You're right. This Shabbos says, not a din da'araisa. This is a din dirabanan. And what's the concern? Ukzeira, shemeyomru, beiz yevamos habaos mi bayis echad, misyabmos. Shabbos say, what's going on? Over here, look at Rashi. Last Rashi on the daf. Elamid rabbanan, timid da'araisa, ma'amar lo kani, vahavidu shte yevamos mi beiz batim, vitarvayhu matzi liyabumi. Shabbos say, what is the din da'araisa in this case? Right, let's, let's play this out. Right, Reuben passes away. His widow, Rachel, falls, falls to Shimon. Right? Shimon does ma'amar with her. And before Shimon has the chance to do anything else, he dies. Two women fall now to Levi. Rachel and Leah. We'll say, what's that? Rachel, He could do Yibam with both of them. Right? It's two different women, two different brothers, two different marriages, totally permitted. Right? That is the Dindaraisa. The Rabbanon stepped in and said, no. No. What are we concerned about? We are concerned that halacha lamaisa, if we let you do yibum with these two women, you could confuse this with a case of one brother with two wives who passed away. Because they're both saying, it looks a little bit like that. Why does it look a little bit like that? Remember, they're both saying, what's, what's the wrinkle in this case? What's the wrinkle? It's the ma'amar. That, that's the wrinkle. Had Shimon not done ma'amar, right? Had Reuven died, had Reuven died, and before any of the brothers did anything, Shimon died, and now Rachel and Leah both fall to Levi, that's easy. That's easy. Levi could do Yibam with both of them. Levi could do Chalitza. He could do whatever he wants. The wrinkle in this case, why? Because they're two women from two different brothers. The wrinkle in this case is that Shimon did Ma'amar. And again, as we've established, that creates a quasi-marital bond to Shimon. The concern now is when Shimon dies, it has the appearance that Rachel and Leah are both his wives. So if we let Levi do Yibam, People are going to think that halacha la you could do yibum with two widows from the same brother, and of course, that's aser. So, in order to avoid that, essentially, Chazal mandated chalitza in this case. I so it says the gemara v'niyabim lechada v'nechlas lechada. Okay, so why don't we let him do yibum with one and chalitza with the other? Gezera shemayomru bayis echad miktsaso banoi umiktsatap of lamedays umiktsaso chalutz. Because we're concerned, once again, what does it look like? What does it look like? It looks like two wives coming from the same brother, and you're doing Yibam with one, and Chalitza with the other. And Rabbi that's not the way it works. When Yibam happens, right, and let's say a man, a, bro- a brother dies and leaves behind two wives, the halacha is, all you do is what? One thing with one wife, and that takes you. So, say, so we're concerned over here that if you do Yibam with one and Chalitza with another, then it looks like you're doing two things with two wives, to which the Gemara the Yomru. Who cares? I don't understand. We'll say, let him do that. In other words, let him do Yibam with one and Chalitz with the other. What's the worst case scenario? That somebody in a future case is going to come along and let's say a brother dies, leaves behind two wives so that the surviving brother is going to do Yibam with one and Chalitz with the other. Who cares? You can do Chalitz all day long. Right? It doesn't make a difference. Right? Chalit, chalit. So that's the, if that's the concern, let it be. To which the Gemara says, well, one second. Eat the miyabim b'hadir Chalitz hachinami if the brother, in other words, if it would be a case where halacha lamaisa, if it would be a case where halacha lamaisa, the the brother, sorry, if it would be a case where ultimately again the yibum would happen first and the chalitza would happen second, then enachinami that would be fine. 
What are we concerned about? Sebo said the concern would be more in a case where a man would first do chalitza with one of the wives and then do yibum. That's problematic. Why? The Gemara says, The Gemara says, In a case where, let's say, simple case, Reuven and Shimon and Reuven dies and leaves behind two wives, Rachel and Leah. And now let's say, you know, say, Shimon were to do Yibum with Rachel and Chalitza with Leah. Any problem here? Any problem? No. No. Again, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary because once you do Yibum with Rachel, that's it, we're done. But an extra Chalitza doesn't, doesn't move the needle. Where would there be a concern? If Reuven were to do Chalitza with Rachel and Yibum with Leah, that's awesome. Why? Because once Reuven does Chalitza, his relationship with his brother's widows are severed. They're severed. If he then goes ahead and does Yibam, what he calls Yibam after that, that's actually Eshazach. That's actually Eshazach, right? Or at least violation of a basic love. So I will say, so therefore, again, the Gemara says over here, that's why in this case, where you have Shimon having done Ma'amar with Rachel, essentially what we just say is, okay, Chalitza all around. Chalitza all around. And what that just does is, it avoids confusion. Because we are just concerned that if halacha if halacha we let him do technically. Most remember again. Let's go. Let's go through this. The din da'oraisa is after Shimon dies and both of these women fall to Levi. What's the din da'oraisa? Din da'oraisa. He could do yibum with both of them. The din da'rabanan says no yibum, only chalitza, because we're concerned that this will get confused with the case of one brother who has two wives, who has two wives, and now we're concerned that the surviving brother may do Yibam with both, or even if he does Yibam and Chalitza, we're concerned that he'll do Chalitza and then Yibam. So therefore, in order to avoid any confusion, just do Chalitza across the board. Says the Gemara, Amarava, not, what about this case? Nasan get Amaro. Wow, listen to this. Another wrinkle in the wrinkle. Ruvain dies, Ruvain dies, his widow, Rachel, falls to Shimon. Falls to Shimon. Shimon does Ma'amar. Before Shimon, right? And then what happens? After the Ma'amar, he has Ma'amar remorse. It happens. Right? Ma'amar remorse. What does he do? He gives her a get. Then, what happens? Then Shimon dies. Then Shimon dies. Now, say both of these women, both of these women fall to Levi in Yibum. What's the halacha over here? So it says the Gimara, Amarava, Nasan Getlam Amaro, Hutrat Sarasa. Well, again, so Rav, Rav says, well, again, if Shimon gave a get, if Shimon gave a get, ultimately, again, to Rachel, then halacha lemaisa, when, when he dies, when he dies, ultimately, Leah is permitted in Yibum. Leah, his other wife, his co-wife, we call her the co-wife, she's not really a co-wife. But Leah, his wife, is permitted to Yibum. So the Gemara says, Aval hi asura, get. But she, but she, Rachel, she, Rachel, is going to be asura to do Yibum. Why? Because we're concerned that ultimately, again, you may confuse her with a woman who received the get. So, other get Other both say alternate version is that no, if Ruvain, excuse me, if Shimon gave Rachel a get, then what? Hutra afiluhi. And then he dies. Both women are mutara, mutaros in Yibum. Why? That which he did, he took back. He took back. In other words, I will say, so the second version says, if Shimon gave a get to Rachel after he did a ma'amah with her, essentially, what does the get do? 
it reverses the Ma'amar process. If it reverses the Ma'amar process, then what? There's still Yesh Zeka, but it takes away the marital bond. And therefore, when Shimon dies, when Shimon dies, Rachel is not really considered to be maritally connected to him, in which case, Levi's permitted to do Yibam with who? With who? Both women, Rachel and Leah. Rachel, Ruven's widow, and Leah, Shimon's widow. And I both say, this is indeed how we pass in Allah We pass like the Rabbanon and like the Tzikidami. The Rambam says, number one, I will say, in this case of Gimel Achim, so let's frame the case again. Ruven, Shimon, and Levi. Ruven dies, leave behind the widow Rachel. Shimon does Ma'amar with Rachel. Then Shimon dies. Both of these women fall to Levi. The Rambam Paskins, Levi must do chalitza with both of them, is not permitted to do yibum. This is a din dirabanan. What are we concerned about? We're concerned that if we let you do, I will say again, the din daraisa is, Levi is permitted to do yibum with both of them. The din dirabanan is, we're concerned if we let you do yibum with both of them, then what? People are going to confuse this with the case of a brother who has two wives and dies, and people will think that the surviving brother could do yibum with both. In order to avoid that confusion, we say to Levi, you have to do chalitza. However, if Shimon gave a get, he did ma'amar with Rachel, and then he gave Rachel a get, and then he dies, Levi is permitted to do yibum with both women. Why? Because the get effectively undoes the ma'amar, and we are returned back to the original state. I will say that is halacha lemaisa. Beautiful. Says the Mishnah, shnei achenesu and shnei achayos, two brothers are married to two sisters. Two brothers married to two sisters. Um, okay, a lot to do here, fine. Two brothers married to two sisters. So the Gemara says, And one of the brothers died, right? And we'll say the truth is, we've seen a lot of these Mishnahs quoted already. Very interesting case. Reuven and Shimon married to Rachel and Leah. This case, Rachel and Leah are sisters. Two brothers married to two sisters. One brother dies, or let's say Reuven dies, Reuven dies, so we'll say, straightforward case, what happens if Reuven dies? What could Shimon do? But nothing, right? Why? Right, sister's wife, so not, not, nothing doing, nothing doing, right? Cla- classic, classic. We saw this right in the first Mishnah, right? No, you can't, can't do Yibum. Says the Gemara, we'll say, here's the wrinkle. What happened over here? So here's the timeline. Reuven dies, and then before anything happened, before anything happened, Shimon's wife, Leah, died. So I'll say, so what does this mean now? So now, Shimon is no longer married to Rachel's sister. What's Talacha? And I'll say, before you go on, we know what's Talacha. Can't do Yibam, why? Good, because remember again, Yibam status or Yibam eligibility is determined at the moment of widowhood. So we'll say, here we go. So the Gemara says, Straightforward Allah will say. So therefore, again, remember, even though at this point in time, Shimon is no longer married to Rachel's sister, he's no longer married to Leah, at the end of the day, at, since at the time of death, Reuven was, pre- sorry, Shimon was precluded from doing Yibum with Rachel, because again, Rachel was his wife's sister, even though now before anything happened, his status changed, status is locked in at the time of death. And therefore, ultimately, again, he remains precluded from doing Yibum, even though his wife has passed away. Says the Gemara Pshita. Okay, we learned this already. Hashta, Uma Haslam, Dalom, say, this is actually even a more extreme case. We've actually had this case before. We've had this case before. Say, when did we have this case before? 
We had it illustrated in the case of Shlosha Achin. Now, I will say, the case, the case of three brothers was even, remember again, it was three brothers, two of whom married to two sisters, and one of them married to a Nochris. So I will say, but it was the same situation where Halacha Lamaisa, the brother who was married to the sister, uh, right, can't do Yibum forever because Yibum eligibility is locked in at the time of death. So I will say, that was even, th- this is even a more intense case. Why is this a more intense case? Because at least in the case of three brothers, there was what? There was what? A brother who was able to do Yibum. In this case, there's no brother to do Yibum. There's no brother to do Yibum. So the Gemara says, In the previous case of three brothers, where the woman was not totally precluded from doing Yibum, in other words, there was a brother who could do Yibum to her because there was a brother who was not married to a sister, to which the Gemara says, Amrit lo, Amrit lo, hacha de kamatke me hai base of the gamri la koshikane. So, both say, if this halacha is true by the case of three brothers, then it's alachas kama vakama true in what? Case of two brothers married to two sisters. Because I will say, in this case, when Ruvain dies, there's no one to do yibum. It's true, his wife, right, Shimon's wife dies later on, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, there's no one to do yibum with. So it goes, Allah has come a come. You hear the shayla? In other words, you've already told me this halacha in a case of three brothers, two of whom are married to sisters, one of whom is married to an unrelated woman. And in that case, Rabbi when Ruvain dies, there is someone to do yibum with Rachel, but Shimon, who's married to Rachel's sister, can never do yibum forever. So you've already established that. If that works in a case of three brothers where yibum is possible, Allah has come to the Kama, all the more so, it works in this case where Allah has Yibum is impossible. Impossible. To which the Gemara says, You're right. Tana, so the Gemara says, Tana, ha Tana Baresha, Bahach Chazya Lehetera, Bisharia. But say originally the Tana quoted this other Mishnah in the beginning, and he actually thought it would be Mutra in the previous case. Bahadr Chazya Lehisura, and then he changed his position ultimately again to reflect Isser. And since ultimately, again, this ruling was more chavik to him, was more dear to him, he put it first. However, the order of the Mishnah did not change at all. Okay, good. We'll say next case. We'll say now we're going to get into a very, very interesting sugya of Isr Mosif and Isr Kodal. Here we go. Actually, a really fascinating sugya. We'll say, okay, so now let's, let's analyze this. What happens if halacha lemaisa, in this kind of case, Shimon has relations with Rachel? Okay, so now Reuven and Shimon, right? Reuven and Shimon, two brothers, married to two sisters. Married to two sisters. We've established straight out, right? Reuven passes away. Shimon is ineligible to do yibum. And even if his wife dies, even if his wife dies, I will say, now remember again, what if his wife died before Reuven? What if Shimon's wife died before Reuven died? What would be the halacha? Right? Then he can do Yibam. Why? Why? Once again, everything is determined at the moment of widowhood, right? At the moment of death. And at the moment of Ruvain's death, Shimon is no longer married to Rachel's sister, right? But again, in this case, at the time of Ruvain's death, Shimon is still married to Leah, Rachel's sister, and therefore Yibam becomes Aser. And even if right after Ruvain dies, Leah dies, Shimon still can't do anything, okay? Let's say Shimon has relations with Rachel. He does. He does. So what's the halacha? Chayev alayim yishum eishas ach, um yishum achos yishu derabiyosi. Rabiyosi says there's double liability. 
Double liability. One iser because of brother's wife. Because remember, again, I both say, Aishas Ah, the brother of the, the sister of your, I'm sorry, the wife of your brother is a biblical prohibition, is an erba that is only lifted when Yibum is permitted. But if Yibum is Asr, there is still a prohibition of Aishas Ah, Umisham Achazisha, and ultimately what? Because of wife's sister. Wife's sister, Div Rabbi Yossi. So we'll say, by the way, just to understand, the only time that double liability like this makes a difference is when? Is if it's shogeg, right? Because we'll say in the case of shogeg, we'll say, how do you have shogeg? Again, Shimon didn't come to Dafyomi. And if you don't come to Dafyomi, you don't know the halachas. He thought Yibam was permitted in this situation. So he has relations with Rachel. His relations with Rachel. So we'll say, that's shogeg. He thought the halacha was at its mutter. So again, that would mean double liability. It would mean double chatos. To write two, two chatos offerings is what you'd have to bring. Okay? Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon says, no, Eno chayev ela achos, Eno chayev achos, Eno chayev ela, ela mishum eishes ach bilbad. Rabbi Shimon says, he's only chayev because of brother's wife. Only, only one liability. Only chayev because of brother's wife. Rashi says, Bala, now we'll say just to be clear, obviously the case we're talking about over here is where Shimon had relations with Rachel, and his wife, Leah, was still alive. Because we also remember again, everyone agrees, if halacha l'maysa, if halacha l'maysa, in this case, let's say Ruvain passes away, and then Leah passes away immediately. Yibom is Asr, but let's say now Shimon has relations with Rachel. Everyone will agree that the prohibition of achos ishto, wife, sister, no longer applies. Right? In that case, it would just be eshesach. In this case, so we were talking about Ruvain passed away, Shimon is still happily married, or... He was happily married, right? And then what happens? He has relations with Rachel. He has relations with Rachel. So now both say, now there's, the possi- there's two issues over here. It's his, Rachel is his wife's sister and quote-unquote his brother's wife. So the first opinion, Rabbi Yossi says, double liability. Rabbi Shimon says, only one liability because of Eish Asach. So let's analyze this. We have elsewhere... There is Shimon says he's only chayev once because of his wife's sister. So which one is it? Is it achos isha or is it eshes ach? Lokasha. It's not a contradiction. Everything depends. What does it depend on? <coughs> Listen to this. Kan shenasa chayev achrakach nasa meis. Kan shenasa meis v'achrakach nasa chay. Oh, Sebo says we're going to see what Reb Shimon essentially holds is ein iser chalal iser. Once there is a state of prohibition. Another layer of prohibition cannot be superimposed on top of that one. Shabbos says, so essentially, if Shimon holds, this woman, here, here's what's clear, right? Rachel is going to be Usr, is go, Rachel is going to be Usr to Shimon, right? It's only a shail of what? Of what? Which Isser? How do you determine which Isser? Which Isser? Whichever one came first. In other words, Shabbos says, what does everything depend on? Who got married first? Right? Listen to this. If Rubain married Rachel first, then what? Let's say before Shimon got married. Then ultimately, again, then Rachel will be usher to Shimon how? Or why? Right? Eshesach, brother's, brother's wife. Brother's wife. And that's the Isser. That's the Isser. However, let's say Shimon got married first. If Shimon got married first, then Rachel is, is usher as Asur Tim. Why? Why? Achos Ishto, wife's sister. So it's not a contradiction. So yes, sometimes Rabbi Shimon will say that the prohibition upon Shimon is brother's wife, and sometimes it'll be wife's sister, and everything just depends on who got married first. Who got married first? Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon, 
Rabbi Shimon. Ultimately, again, where Ruvain, they're calling Ruvain the mace, right? Ruvain is, is the deceased brother. Where Ruvain got married first, and then only afterwards, and remember, they're marrying sisters, and then only afterwards, Shimon got married. So we'll say, if that's the case, if that's the case, listen to this. If Rabbi Shimon holds that Allah Halamaisa, Ain Isr Chalal Isr, that literally, again, one prohibition cannot go ahead and devolve upon another. In other words, once you have a prohibition, nothing else could devolve upon that, so have a great chap. And we'll say, ultimately, again, where Reuben got married first, and therefore Rachel was Asura to Shimon ultimately as what? Eshes Ach. That means that when Shimon subsequently marries Rachel's sister Leah, the prohibition of Achos Ishto shouldn't devolve upon him. If that's the case, then when Reuben dies, Yibum should be mutter. Yibum should be mutter. Because all there is in this relationship is the prohibition of Eshes Ach, brother's wife, and brother's wife is lifted or set aside to allow for Yibum. To which the Gemara says, Kevan da Isr Achos Isha Lochal Tisyabim Yabume. Amravashi, no, no, no. Asr Achos Isha Misla Tali Vikoi. So I'll say, interestingly enough, when, when Rabbi Shimon holds that essentially Enes Rechalal Isr, that one prohibition cannot devolve upon another prohibition, ultimately what he's saying is like this. What happens to that second prohibition? It hovers. It's there, right? It's, it's, it's there. It's kind of, it's hovering. It's hovering. Why is it hovering? Because should for some reason the first prohibition go away, what happens? That second one sets in. So what the Gemara is essentially saying is, even Rabbi Shimon would agree, you can't, even, even if somehow you were to actively set aside the prohibition of Eshesach, the moment you set that aside, what comes in instead? The prohibition of Achos Isha. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, so essentially, essentially, for Yibum purposes, either way, he's not going to be able to do Yibum. Because even if somehow you manage to set aside the prohibition of Eshes Ach, the moment you do that, the prohibition of Achos Isha will just immediately set in. To which the Gemara says, V'sav Rabbi so we'll say now, let's go back for just a second. So what this sounds like over here, and it's actually quite exciting, what this sounds like over here is that this is a fundamental, like shas machlokes, iser chal al iser. I will say, when you have two prohibitions, two prohibitions, ultimately could one devolve upon another, right? Could one set in? If I say it's already prohibited, does another layer of prohibition superimpose itself on that? I will say, now again, remember, what's the, what, what is it, Matt? What's the nafkamina? What's, what, what's the practical difference? As I mentioned before, really it's a case of shogeg. That's really what it comes down to. In a case of shogeg, if you were to inadvertently violate this iser, would you be chayv to one chatos or two chatos? That's really the nafkabin over here. So therefore I will say we're assuming that Rabbi Yossi who holds that if Shimon were to have relations with Rachel, that he would be chayv twice, once for brother's wife and once for wife's sister, holds iser chalal iser. To which the Gemara says, is that true? But Tanya, we learned, We'll say, if a person violates an Avera, that has with it, that has with it two different, I'm sorry, a person violates an Avera, that for example, has two death penalties associated with it. Rashi says, five lines of the Rashi, So we'll say, let's say for example, a man commits adultery with another man's mm-hmm. wife, and this other man's wife also happens to be his, his mother-in-law. So, for example, for example, right? 
Yeah, there's no commentary necessary on that. I'll say so, so again. So, so, so lemaisa, Seriously, come on, people. Right. So, so, so again. So remember. So you have you have Reuven committing adultery with Shimon's wife, who's also Reuven's mother-in-law. Right. So which is fine. It's easy. You can have cases like that. So but not not like the adultery part, but like the married part. Right? So say. So again. So halacha Now Reuven has committed two averes. One of Eishes and one of Chamosa, mother-in-law. So watch this. So what's the halacha? Nidon bechamura. So we'll say, see, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Eishes Ish and Chamosa, mother-in-law and married woman, carry with them two different death penalties. It's actually interesting. Rashi says over here that Chamosa is bisreifa, right? So relations with one, one's mother-in-law is sreifa, which is considered to be the most chamer form of death. And Eishes Ish, Right? General adultery is chenek, strangulation. So what happens if a man goes ahead and violates an Aveira that comes with two death penalties? What's the Nidon bechamura. He gets the more chamer death penalty. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Nidon bezeka harishona haba alav. Rabbi Yossi says, no. He gets the death penalty associated with the prohibition that first devolved upon him. So in other words, Rabbi Yossi says, look at which Isser came first. Whichever Isser came first, that's the death penalty that he gets. So, I will say, so essentially what we look at is what? Did this woman become Ruben's mother-in-law first? Or was she a married woman first? In other words, which prohibition devolved upon her first? And whichever one devolved upon her first, that's the punishment that he gets. To which the Gemara says, Vitanya, What's the example of this? The Gemara says, Chamosa v'nasas eishesish. I will say, let's say again, let's say a woman was Ruvain's mother-in-law before she was a married woman. I will say, by the way, totally possible. How is that possible? That, let me say again, let's say at the time that Ruvain married his wife, right, his mother-in-law was divorced. Mother-in-law was unmarried. So she became prohibited to him as a mother-in-law before she became prohibited to him as a married woman. And then what happens? So the Gemara says, uh, Let's say again, she was first his mother-in-law, then she got married. So if he has relations with her, after she's married, he is ultimately judged based on having relations with his mother-in-law. However, again, I will say, let's say she was a married woman before she became Ruben's mother-in-law. Then Allah Ultimately, again, she is Nidon, she is, right, when he has relations with her, ultimately, again, he is judged as having had adultery with an Aishas Ish, a married woman, and therefore, again, it's Chenek, it's Chenek. Then I will say, now, ultimately, again, what do we, but what do you see over here? What do you see over here? It sounds like, according to Rabbi Yossi, he doesn't hold Isra Chalal Isra, right? So, remember, again, we were saying before that, according to Rabbi Yossi, one prohibition could devolve upon another. Here, it sounds like what he's saying is, ain't Isra Chalal Isra, because we ultimately punish you Based on the first level of prohibition, on Rabbi Avau, top of Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis, Mod Rabbi Yosi, Beisr Mosif. Oh, we'll say, listen to this. So we'll say, we're going to see now over here that there's two different types of isurim. There's something called an Isr Mosif and an Isr Kolal. Take a look at the top Rashi. On Rabbi Avau, Mod Rabbi Yosi, Beisr Mosif, Shehuchal al Is Shehuchal al Isr, Kegon Isr Eishes Ach. Demosifu. So we'll say, we're going to see like this. When does Rabbi Yossi hold that Allah one prohibition could go ahead and devolve upon another prohibition? When the secondary prohibition devolves upon more people. 
when the secondary prohibition devolves upon more people, it's mean it, it widens the net, then the second prohibition ultimately again could set in. What is it? Give me an example. Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Shuchalali, sir Kigon, here we go. Kigon Ishis Ach, Demosifu, Shevitrila Kishanaza as Zahosa Vizupinuya, Nasra Allah Mishum Achos Isha. Let's I give you a simple example. Let's say Shimon gets married first, right? So Shimon marries Leah. So Rachel is prohibited to him, right? Why is Rachel prohibited to him? Why? She is his wife's sister, Achos Isha. Okay. Now what happens? Now what's now is Achos Isha, as Achos Isha. So who is Rachel prohibited to? Who is she prohibited to? Shimon. Shimon, right? But that's it. Only Shimon. Right? Let's say, again, you know, it's Reuben, Shimon, Lady Yehuda. Right? She's only prohibited to, to Shimon because Shimon is married to her sister. And so watch this. But once Reuben marries Rachel, someone say, now what happens? What happens? Suddenly, suddenly, who is Rachel Asura to? Who is she Asura to? All of the brothers. Right? That is called an Isser Mosif. When a secondary Isser makes her Asura to more people, that's an Isser Mosif. So also what the Gemara is suggesting is as follows. Rabbi Yossi doesn't just hold like a blanket Isser Chalal Isser. In order for a secondary Isser to devolve upon an already existing Isser, the second Isser essentially has to cast a wider net. That's the halacha. It has to cast a wider net. And if it casts a wider net, then it could devolve upon the first isser. But if the second isser does not cast a wider net, and wider net is defined by including more people, then halacha lamay said it's not chal. To which the Gemara says, So we'll say this makes sense in a case where, like I just said, Shimon married his wife, First, right? Shimon married Leah before Reuven married Rachel. Because then when Reuven goes ahead and marries Leah, so that's an Isra Mosif. Why? Because now suddenly Rachel is Asura to more people, right? She's Asura to all of the brothers. So then that makes sense. Now, she's also going to be an additional layer of Isra to, to Shimon. Because just like, again, there's a new Isra Lagabi, all the other brothers, we could say Isr Mosif, Isr Chal Al Isr, and she will be Asura to Shimon with an additional layer, right? Originally, she's Asura to Shimon, how? Because of Achos Ishto, she is the sister of his wife. And now, there will be, <coughs> excuse me, an additional layer of Isr, because now she's Asura to all the other brothers, as, as, Eshesach. And if she's going to be Asura to the other brothers as Eshes Ach, she will be Asura to Shimon as Eshes Ach as well. That's what's called an Isser Mosif. However, in the case, ultimately, where Reuven got married first, let's say Reuven married Rachel first. He married Rachel first, which means that what Rabbi say, Shimon's first introduction to Rachel is how? Is how? Is, is as Eshes Ach, as brother's wife, and then afterwards, Shimon got married. My Isra Mosif Ika. There's no Isra Mosif. Because remember, the only additional Isra that comes about when Shimon gets married is what? Is what? Is Achos Ishto. But that's not an Isra Mosif, Rabosai. See, Rabosai, the other example is what's called an Isra Kolel. An Isra Kolel means there's a new Isra that makes more Isurim for the already existing pool 
but does not go ahead and devolve upon anyone additional. What's the good example of that? The good example of say is watch this. Reuven, Reuven got married first, right? I'm sorry, Shimon got married first. Shimon got married first. Right? So we'll say, so what? No. Um, yeah, sorry, no, Reuven got married first. Okay, here we go. Reuven got married first, sorry. Reuven got married first. So everyone will say, when Reuven marries Rachel, so ultimately again, what's Shimon's relationship to Rachel? What's his relationship to Rachel? Eshazach, prohibited. Now Shimon gets married. Now Shimon gets married. He marries Rachel's sister Leah. So everyone will say, now there's what? An additional Isser. What's the additional Isser? Achos Ishto. So we'll say, who does that additional Isser devolve upon? Only Shimon. That's called an Isser, that's called an Isser Kolel. Isser Kolel means there's more prohibitions upon the same number of people. See here, all that's happened when Shimon got married is Shimon himself now has an additional Isser. Are there any more people included in that Isser? No. So also we're going to make a distinction between what's called an Isser Mosif. Isser Mosif means when a secondary love includes more people. And in Isser Kolel, where a secondary love doesn't include more people. It just puts more levels of prohibition on the same existing pool. To which the Gemara says, Maybe I'll say now that since she is Asura, all the other brothers, that's also called an Isser Kolel. Ultimately, again, Rava says, I will count it as if he went ahead and committed two transgressions, but yet ultimately, again, will only hold him accountable for one. I will treat it ultimately, again, as if he committed two, trans- two, two transgressions, and ultimately, again, is only going to be chayiv for one. For one. So I'll say, what does that mean? My nafkamina. The Kavro Bain Rishaim Gimurim. Rabbi said, listen to this. The Nafkamina ultimately will be do we punt, do we where do we bury a person? Rabbi said it's actually quite fascinating. Rashi points out over here. If you look at Rashi Ella Amarava very quickly, so the Gemara says as follows: Look at Rashi Ella Amarava. The Olam Lesli Rabbi Yosi Isr Chalal Isr. It could perhaps be that Rabbi Yosi does not hold of Isr Chalal Isr. So what's the Nafkamina? Rabbi say Rashi says over here the Nafkamina is. The nafkamina is, do we look at a person who transgresses two things as a Russia gummer? Now we'll say, what is it, what's the nafkamina about being a Russia gummer? Rashi says over here, there were two different burial places. Ultimately, again, there was a burial place for people who were executed by Beisdin, but yet they were executed, but they were buried in a particular spot. And then there's a different cemetery for people who are considered to be Russia in Gemurin. Complete Rishayim. Right? Now both say, those people were buried separately. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Rashi says, So we'll say, ultimately, it could very well be that when a person transgresses two things, maybe we hold Ein Isr Chalal Isr. And if you hold Ein Isr Chalal Isr, there's only going to be one Chatos. So what's the ramification if a person has violated two things or one thing? Is a person considered to be a Rasha Gamor? Or a person that's considered to be a good person who has done some bad things. What's the nafkamina? The nafkamina ultimately is, where are you buried? There was a separate se- section in the cemetery for people who were Rishaim Gimurim. 
versus again people who were good people in general but maybe did some pretty bad things. Even they did bad things that warranted a death sentence. So Rebbe said, listen to this. The Gemara now says, In reality, Rebbe said, this discussion, so said, we have a lot going on over here. So remember again, now we are in the middle of the sugya of Isr Chal Al Isr. Right? Does one prohibition devolve upon another prohibition? And now what we've established is Halacha Lama perhaps that depends on the nature of the secondary prohibition. Is it what's called an Isr Mosif, where the secondary Isr includes more people, or an Isr Kolel, where the secondary prohibition doesn't include more people? Just what does it do? Piles on more levels of Isr on the same... People will say, watch this, Ubeplukta. This is a... This is Yemachlokis. Here we go. I both say this is fascinating. The Itmar, Zar Shashimesh Peshabis, I both say, listen to this case. A non Kohen, a non Kohen who serves in the base Hamikdash on Shabbos. Who serves in the base Hamikdash on Shabbos. I both say, which essentially means what? He slaughtered Karbanos on Shabbos. Right? Non Kohen who slaughtered Karbanos on Shabbos. Rabbi Chia Omer Chayiv Shtayim. Rabbi Chia says, you're Chayiv twice. Chayiv twice. They both say, what are you Chayiv for? Number one, Shchita. Number two, non Kohen serving in the base of Mikdash. These are two prohibitions. Barkafra Omer Eno Chalev Elachas. Barkafra says, No, you're only Chayev once. Kafatz Rabbi Chia Venishba. Rabbi Chia jumped up from his seat and he swore, Ha'avoda, I swear by the base of Mikdash. Kach Shamati Mi Rebbe. This is what I heard from Rebbe Shtaim, that you're Chayev twice. Kafatz Barkafra Venishba. Barkafra jumped out of his seat and he swore, Ha'avoda, I swear. Rabbi said, you're only chayiv once. Wow. Hischil Rabbi Chia Ladum. So Rabbi Chia went ahead and started darshaning. What's the pshat? Here we go. Shabbos, the kol Esra. Shabbos is usher to everyone. In other words, we'll say the Isra of Shabbos applies to everyone. Kisha hutra b'mikdash, it's al-kani hutra. When shechita was permitted in the mikdash, we'll say, who was it permitted for? Kohanim. Right? The kohanim, which of a low zarim. When a non-Kohen does shchit in the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos, there's two prohibitions. Number one, you're a non-Kohen serving in the Beis HaMikdash. That's number one. Number two, you shechted on Shabbos. There's two prohibitions. Hischel bar kafra laden. Bar kafra jumps up. He begins to dash and he says, Shabbos l'kol ne'esra. I will say Shabbos ultimately is, right, the prohibitions of Shabbos apply to everyone. However, kisha hutra b'mikdash hutra. Wow. I will say, Barkafra posits, there's no prohibition of Shechita in the Mikdash. It doesn't apply. In other words, it was categorically permitted in the Mikdash, no matter who does it. Therefore, according to Barkafra, there is no problem of Shechita on Shabbos. The only problem you have is what in the Mikdash? The only problem you have is non kohen serving in the Mikdash. Therefore, Barkafra says, you're only going to be Chayiv once. Incredible. Next. Well, so we're going to go through all of these cases. Balmum, Shashimish Betuma. Here's the next case. Let's say you have a, a Kohen who is blemished. He has a mum and he's also Tameh. And he's also Tameh. And he did the Avodah in the Beis HaMikdash. So we'll say two issues. A Balmum and Tameh. Rabbi Chia Omer, Chayiv Shtayim. Rabbi Chia says you Chayiv twice. Bar Kafra Omer, Eino Chayiv El Achaz. Bar Kafra says you only Chayiv once. Here we go. Very passionate discussion. Kafas Rabbi Chia Benishba. Rabbi Chia jumped out of his seat and he said, Ha'avoda! Kach shamati mi Rebbe Shtayim. Rebbe said Yechayiv twice. Kafas Bar Kafra Benishba. Avoda! Kach shamati mi Rebbe Achos. Rebbe said only Chayiv once. Hischil. Rabbi Chia Ladun. So ultimately Rabbi Chia began to darshan. Tumalakol Nesra. Kishu Hotra B'mikdash. Eitzel Kohanin Tamimim Hotra. 
We'll say, Tumah is Dechuya B'tzibor, or Chutra B'tzibor, right? When it comes to communal offerings, you could offer them even, even, even B'tumah. And we'll say, who was that dispensation granted to? To Kohanim. To Kohanim. And to Kohanim, who are fit for service, not to Ba'alim Mumim. Therefore, Yishkan Ba'alim Mumim, Yishkan Mishum Tumah. Therefore, therefore Yechia says, Yechayv twice, once for Ba'alim Mumim, and ultimately once for Tumah. Hischel Ba'kafra, Lodur Ba'kafra says, no, you see this is the Shida Bar-Kafra. Bar-Kafra is this dramatic idea, namely, that when something is permitted in the Mikdash, it is categorically permitted. Categorically permitted. So when we say that you could do Avoda in the Mikdash, right? Avoda for the Tzibar in the Mikdash, that means there is no Tumah in the Mikdash whenever it comes to communal offerings, no matter what, no matter who's offering that carbon. So there's no problem of Toma. But the only thing that you have over here is what? Is Balmum. Is Balmum. We'll say very quickly, one last case, then we'll stop. Zarsha Achala Malika. But say, listen to this. We know the way that you slaughter bird offerings in the Mikdash is how Malika, right? Cohen grows, right? grows out his thumbnail, essentially lops off the bird's head by, by piercing the back of the neck and lopping it off. Now we'll say, only Kohanim are allowed to eat a bird like that. If you eat a bird, if you, if you kill a bird like that, that's an Avela. So Zar Sha'acha Malika, what happens if a non-Kohen eats a bird that was killed with Malika? Rabbi Chia Omer Chayv Shtayim, Rabbi Chia says you chayv twice. Barakafra Omer Eino Chayv Ala'achat, Barakafra says you only chayv once. Kafas Rabbi Chia Benishma, again, a lot of jumping. Rabbi Chia jumped out of his seat and he said, Avoda, Kach Shamati Mi Rabbi, Shtayim. Rabbi said you chayv twice. Kafas Barakafra Benishma, Avoda, Kach Shamati Mi Rabbi, Achos. Rabbi Shimon Chayv once hischa Rabbi Chia Ladon. So Rabbi Chia said Nevela Kol Neesra Nevela is usher to everyone. Kishutra Bebikdash it's a Kohanimutra. The Kohanimutra of all the Zarim. The only people who have the right to eat the bird that is shechted like this are Kohanim. But a non coin is not permitted. Therefore, Allah Chalmais if a non coin eats it in the Mikdash, he's Chayv twice. Once for uh, once for doing the Avodah. And ultimately, again, once because of Malika, Hischel Rabbar Kafra Ladun Nevela Lekol Nesra Kichurcha B'Mikdash Chutra Ein Kan Ela Mishum Zars. Bar says no. The Nevela of bird was categorically permitted in the Mikdash, and it's ultimately again permitted for everyone. Therefore, the only issue over here is Halacha Lamaisa Nan Kolin Doing Avodah. Rabosai Fundamental Machlokes Rabbi Chia and Bar Kafra we're going to see comes down to Isser Chal Al. Yes, sir. We'll stop over here for today. Shkoyach. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I'll be here for a while. I have knee replacement surgery on Monday. Thank you. Just be here. Hopefully, back soon. Be well. Thank you.